You're listening to Time in the Word. After denouncing the false teachers by calling them ungodly four times in verse 15, Jude next highlights four areas of ungodliness. False teachers grumble and complain, they indulge their own lusts, are boastful and swollen with pride, and use flattery to get what they want. All people are vulnerable to heresies and to temptations toward immoral living. Jude encourages Christians to remain firm in their faith and trust in God's promises for their future. This encouraging word is needed because we are living during a time of increasing disloyalty to the faith. Today, we are just as vulnerable to doctrinal error as those to whom Jude wrote. We too are tempted to give in to sin. Although there are many false teachers and much false teaching around us, we don't need to be afraid or give up in discouragement. God will keep us from stumbling and soon he will bring us into his presence and give us everlasting joy. Dr. Gonzalez will lead us now into a study of verses 16 through 19. Let us listen as he continues his current study in Jude. Turn our Bibles to Jude, and we're going to be reading and studying verses 16 through 19. These people are discontented grumblers, living according to their desires. Their mouths utter arrogant words, flattering people for their own advantage. But you, dear friends, remember what was predicted by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you, in the end time there will be scoffers living according to their own ungodly desires. These people create divisions and are worldly, not having the Spirit. We know the Lord will add His blessing to the reading of His precious Word. So having clearly set forth every description of the apostate Jew, now begins to warn of the serious danger related to apostasy. I mean, apostasy and false teaching is a dangerous business. And we must recognize it for what it really is. If we fail to recognize and separate from apostasy, not only do we bid them Godspeed, but we will ourselves likely be contaminated by it. So notice what he says in verse 16. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts. So after denouncing the false teachers by calling them ungodly four times in the previous verse, verse 15, Jude next explained four areas of ungodliness. First, as grumblers and complainers. Grumbling and complaining are sure signs of rebellion. And I'm talking about consistent grumbling and complaining. The apostate, the false teachers, want their own way and nothing else will do. A grumbler is one who complains sullenly. A complainer is one who finds fault. D. Edmund Hebert said, and I quote, He who is out of touch with God is prone to grumble about anything, close quote. So this kind of behavior identifies the rebellious and the apostate for what they really are. This, of course, is unacceptable behavior <clears throat> Excuse me for the Christian. Paul wrote in Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining and disputing. We can and we should learn a valuable lesson about grumbling from the Israelites in the wilderness. In 1 Corinthians 10 verses 9 and 10, Paul wrote, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. 
Grumbling and complaining will not bring God's blessing is the point here. It will, however, bring his judgment or his discipline. There's no place in the Christian life for grumbling and complaining. Jesus Christ did all things without complaining or disputing. When Jesus left the throne of God and stooped to the form of a servant, he did not complain. He came set upon doing God's will, and he saw it through. As his children, we are to be Christ-like. The second area of ungodliness is that they walk, and I quote, according to their own lusts. Jude further describes these grumblers and complainers as walking according to their own lusts. They have no spiritual foundation. They're motivated and they're driven by their own depraved lusts rather than by the Spirit of God. Without regard for God's laws or even for basic morality, these men, these apostates, these false teachers, shamelessly indulged in their lusts, acting on their own passions and their own desires. Their only God is self, and they worshipped that God wholeheartedly. The third area of ungodliness is they are loud-mouthed boasters, again Jude 16. These are prideful and arrogant people. This means that they were boastful men, swollen with pride. They had denied Christ and had spoken against him, according to verse 15. These bombastic words might have been their erroneous doctrine spoken loudly with the hopes of impressing others and make a name for themselves. Peter warned about this same crowd when he wrote in 2 Peter 2.18, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. False teachers have the ability to clothe their poisonous doctrine in religious verbiage. And Jude and Peter use the word swelling to describe the apostate's speech. Swelling carries the idea of bulging. Apostates exalt themselves with great swelling pride. They're overinflated. They are like Antiochus Epiphanes, who symbolizes the coming Antichrist. Listen to what it says in Daniel 7, verse 8. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, Paul described this devil-driven antichrist as one who, and I quote, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Apostates are of their father the devil, John 8.44. There is no shortage of this bunch today. They are everywhere. The fourth area of ungodliness, Jude further describes apostates as flattering people to gain advantage, Jude 16. Not only do they boast about themselves, but they use flattery to manipulate others. They go around flattering people for the purpose of gaining an advantage over them. 
Flattery is phony, and the false teachers used it as a cover-up for their real intentions. Instead of loving people, they used them. Using flattery is necessary to get what they wanted. Solomon said in Proverbs 29.5, To flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. Such people are void of character, and they're demonically dangerous. Second Peter 2.3 says, By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. That term, deceptive words, means artificial. Apostates, false teachers, deceive their disciples, their followers, with beautifully formed words and sa- that sound sweet and pleasant, but are damning and destructive. Their eloquence and flattery comes from a snare used to trap those who follow them. False teachers are masters at the art of flattery, thereby gaining a following for themselves and quite often a comfortable income as well. This picture is true and accurate. It is in fact confirmed almost every day by the often scandalous news in the media about certain preachers and religious leaders. Individuals are vulnerable to heresies and to temptation toward immoral living. And Jude encourages us as believers to remain firm in our faith and to trust in God's promises for our future. Now, this was vital because we're living in the last days, certainly much closer to the end than were the original readers of this letter. We are just as vulnerable to doctrinal error today as the original audience was. We too are tempted to give in to sin. Although there's much false teaching around us, we don't need to be afraid or give up in despair or discouragement. God can keep us from falling, and He guarantees that if we remain faithful, He will bring us into His presence one day and give us that everlasting joy. Jude now turns away from the apostates to the believer's role in the midst of these hireling shepherds. First, he reminds them that they have been forewarned as to the oncoming peril. Then he encourages them to maintain themselves in a strong spiritual condition. And finally, he counsels them to use discernment in ministering to those who have been victimized by the apostates. Jude says in verses 17 and 18, But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their ungodly lusts. A mocker is one that mocks a scorner, a derider. Webster's Dictionary defines a scorner as, and I quote, in scripture, one who scoffs at religion, its ordinances, and teachers, and who makes a mock of sin and the judgments and threatenings of God against sinners, close quote. A scoffer, therefore, is one who mocks and ridicules that which is right and true. He scorns and argues against authority. Remember what they said about Jesus in Luke 19:14, but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, "We will not have this man reign over us." Instead of repenting, false teachers, apostates mock and scorn. 
The Bible teaches that this kind of scornful apostasy is one of the signs of the days immediately before Christ's return. The Lord Jesus predicted the coming of these apostates and false prophets. Paul also predicted it. The whole book of 2 Thessalonians essentially deals with a great apostasy that will be prevalent at Christ's coming. Apostasy is not new. It has been around for as long as man and will continue to increase until Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom here on earth. Until then, we must fight the good fight, earnestly contend for the faith. Paul assures the Christian, even in the days of apostasy, 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. The key to overcoming apostasy is living holy and separated lives, walking daily with the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostles had predicted the rise of false teachers. This can be seen in the ministry of Paul, for example. In Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30, listen to what he said. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, Paul writes, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifested to all, as theirs also was. We also see that to be true in the ministry of Peter. For example, in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, Peter wrote, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of those words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus uh, and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. We also see it to be true in the ministry of John. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and 19, John wrote, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. 
Now notice that they cause divisions, verse 19 of Jude. It seems that those who take a stand for God and his word are always labeled as troublemakers. However, we can clearly see that it's not the Bible believer who is causing the division. It is the apostate. It is the false teacher. Notice Jude's words. These are sensual persons who cause divisions. The division is not caused by those who stand and earnestly contend for the truth, but by those who reject the truth. Paul said in Romans 16:17, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. Apostates cause divisions among God's people by distorting and by rejecting truth. And then Jude further speaks of the apostates as sensual, verse 19. Sensual describes the apostates as natural, unsaved men. The same word is used in James 3.15 to describe, to describe worldly wisdom, which is, uh, according to, to James, earthly unspiritual and demonic. It refers to that which is the direct opposite of spiritual. So these people are driven by the natural desires of the depraved man. These are unsaved people. Jude says in verse 19, not having the spirit. Now, folks, that's plain enough. These aren't God's people. In Romans 8, 9, Paul says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. See, they do not belong to the family of God. They are natural men who have not been born again. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They have a form of godliness. They put on a good show. They talk doctrine. They play church. They carry a Bible. But they do not know Christ. Father, May we take these words to heart, open our eyes so that we may see the false teaching and the false teachers around us. Help us, give us strength and courage to stand up and earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. May we bring him glory by the way we live. In Jesus' name, amen.